Welcome to Plant Medicine Transmissions with Javier Regueiro. In this episode of Plant Medicine Transmissions, I would like to share one more important aspect of the spiritual and healing journey. An aspect that I have learned about and learned the importance thereof by living here in the sacred valley of the Incas in Peru. A very important aspect of Andean life is the concept of Aini, a Quechua word that translates as mutuality that translates as reciprocity. Aini speaks of giving and receiving. Once again, it points to our own saying that we only reap what we saw and that life is a continuous exchange and it's always a perfect exchange. That means that as we engage in plant medicine, we are only going to receive from this process as much and nothing less than what we are willing to bring and offer to this process. As part of that offering, we bring ourselves most importantly. We bring who we are in the present moment with not only our background, our history, but also with simply who we are along our journey. I have spoken in other episodes about the fact that we are, as Westerners, often disconnected from spirit. But that disconnection is not only a disconnection from spirit, as spirit involves all that we are, ultimately, that spiritual disconnection also manifests as a disconnection from our bodies, from our land, from our emotions, even from our minds. Oftentimes, despite this pride that we are uh, rational beings, most of us don't really know how to use our minds. We don't know how it works and we don't know how to actually use our brains. Spirituality is a sacred science that does not make space for our own arrogance and our own uh, simplistic beliefs in democracy, a concept that we cannot even apply to their full extent in our own culture. Spirituality does not mean that we are all on the same level along the path, that we all have the same level of maturity, psychological and otherwise, quite the opposite. 
in true spirituality, there is an awareness that we are all at a different stage of our own development, psychological, mental, and spiritual. And all spiritual paths have a certain journey as part of it. In traditional spirituality, in traditional arts, there is a curriculum. Oftentimes, the spiritual seeker will spend years cleaning toilets, making coffee. That part of the training has its own reasons. It's a test. It's a test of maturity. And oftentimes it's a process that even though it doesn't deal with high truths or specific techniques and teachings, actually is most important in that it forms, it creates the space for those teachings to actually be received by the student. If our goal were to climb Mount Everest to its top, it would be actually dangerous for us to start from halfway up the mountain. It's important for us to start at the bottom of the mountain to get acclimatized, to get used to that altitude so that by the time we reach the top, we don't have to resort to an oxygen mask, for instance, and to heavy equipment that will actually prevent us from fully enjoying the view. As Westerners, with our own present ability to have access to all sorts of sacred texts and uh, teachings with plenty of teachers that promise us to overstep many necessary phases of our growth in exchange for some money and some adulation, we believe that we have a right to be at the top instantly. We believe that what is important is simply to be able to be at the top. We have a habit, for instance, as we open a book, not to start reading from the very beginning of that book, but we skim through the book until we find the juicy part, the part that we have been looking for, the part that is going to enrich us beyond belief. However, if we don't start at the very beginning, we will not be able to actually hold that wisdom and be able to apply it into our lives. If we don't go through this process of maturation, that knowledge, that juicy part, is only going to be 
in our heads. And spirituality is not about feeding our heads with more high concepts. It's about actually the spiritual and the healing process is not one of adding to our lot, but it's a process of subtraction, of removal, of letting go of ideas and beliefs and the predominance of the ego. In plant medicine, that process of subtraction, most importantly about cleansing, about purification. That cleansing often starts and continues on a very physical, cellular level. And uh, this part of purification, of purging, is actually oftentimes resented and resisted on the part of many Westerners to the point that nowadays there is no shortage of plant medicine people that offers a brew of ayahuasca, for instance, that is very low on the element of ayahuasca, the purgative, so that their clients can be happy, don't have to use the bathroom or the bucket as often as, for instance, in traditional Amazonian plant medicine. Or, for instance, we are very proud to be able to come up with new uh, forms of San Pedro devoid of their purgative element. Our attitude as Westerners, as modern people, of seeking efficiency and comfort actually works against us. Because despite what we tell ourselves, this process of plant medicine, this process of purging, including on the physical level, is a process that has its own wisdom. And as we transform this process according to our own taste and our own mindset, what we do is we impoverish this process. We actually take away its power. And this is true not only for plant medicine, but it's true for all spiritual paths. All spiritual paths are totally valid as they are. They are a sacred science that does not allow for tinkering or change. It is up to us, I believe, to actually surrender, to embrace the process in its entirety, instead of thinking every moment on ways of how to change it. Spiritual practices have an element of the suprahuman, of non-egoic goals. It has a wisdom that is ancestral. And if we are truly 
interested in reaping the full benefit of whatever sacred process we engage in, then it is for us to surrender to it, to stop questioning it, to stop trying to think of different ways of doing it. If we are not willing, if we are not able to restrain ourselves and this urge to reshape the processes that we wish to engage with, I believe that we don't have the spiritual, the psychological maturity to engage with them. An important aspect of this principle of Aini, of reciprocity, is the equation between giving and receiving. So on the one hand, we give to the process an offering of our time, of our attention, oftentimes a giving up of certain foods, of certain activities. But equally important is the aspect of receiving. Say, for instance, I am a small cup. A small cup will not be able to receive, to hold, maybe what or everything that I hope to receive from this process. Once again, it's a matter of preparation, a preparation that is not only physical, but most importantly is also psychological and spiritual. To want to long for something does not necessarily mean that we are ready to receive that which we are looking for. We are not actually oftentimes aware that in order to be exposed to receive certain insights, there is a long journey before that moment. Uh, sometimes we are actually able fortuitously to be exposed to those peak experiences, those high uh, teachings, but unfortunately we are not able to hold them in our consciousness. In the best of cases, that awareness dissipates after a few days or months. In the worst of cases, we may actually go unconscious. We may lose our minds. We may go completely amnesiac because of our own lack of preparation and because it's not time yet for us to be exposed to those levels of awareness. In my own work, during ceremonies, one of the most delicate moments is at the very beginning of the ceremony when I serve the medicine. And in that serving, there is always the awareness that what is important is not to catalyze 
a peak experience beyond belief that will have my client in ecstasy, but to offer them just the right amount of medicine that they can actually hold in their consciousness without being overwhelmed by it and with the ability to actually hold it and integrate it in their own lives. It is, as far as I'm concerned, pointless to ingest more medicine than we can actually hold. There is no point in serving a so-called heroic dosage that will result in my clients being overwhelmed by the medicine and ultimately there is absolutely no point in serving a quantity of medicine catalyzing an experience that my client will not be able to do anything with once the experience is over and let alone be able during the experience itself to navigate and to benefit from. Another aspect of this equation of giving and receiving is the aspect of deserving. We may tell ourselves that we are ready and that we want to have a certain experience and oftentimes underneath that there is a belief in our own inadequacy and a belief that we don't actually deserve to receive that which we long for. That often prevents the individual from receiving and before any work can progress it's important to address this predicament of not deserving. Once we integrate that predicament of not deserving, which is a process that is very, can be very lengthy indeed, because that not deserving belies many, many other things that we are often not willing to acknowledge and explore and integrate. After that process is complete, then there is finally a true space for the medicine to come in and shower us with the blessings and the healings that we have longed for. Blessings. <laughs>